personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out JasonQualsCFP.com. That's JasonQualsCFP.com. If you want to jump in with questions, comments, disagreements, click email the show at FinancialCoachingRadio.com. This article coming from MarketWatch.com. It's an opinion piece. The first S&P 500 sales signals are now in place. Prepare for these seasonal stock market trades. Sales signals and overbought conditions are building, so it's not time for complacency. So I believe this is out this week, actually today. So how should we view that? You know, someone telling us in the media, or anywhere for that matter, that there are sales signals in the market. Well, just doing a quick little research going back a year ago, a year the same very time. So let's go back pre-pandemic. Let's go back you know, right after the market closed in 2019 and see what people were saying then. Well, here's the gist of what people said. No one would have predicted that the S&P 500 in a pandemic year would be up as much as it's been. There's no way. There's no entire way in the universe that they would predict that the S&P 500 is going to be up 18% for 2020. Remember what happened in March and April? Everyone wanted to hit the panic button, right? Everyone thought this is going to be, here it is, here's the market decline. The, the, The gurus were right, but it turns out they were wrong. Market forecasters make fortune tellers look good i'll say that again market forecasters make fortune tellers look good no one knows what's going to happen in the market no one could have said pandemic or no pandemic that if you look back over the course of 2020 that the s p 500 was going to have a double digit year let alone almost be up 20 percent and that's after huge market declines and huge market pullbacks in March and April due to COVID-19. So what's the takeaway? Tune it all out. And I know it's hard because you look at your account every day, you're watching your balance, you're logging in on your phone, you're saying, you know, well, the market's up. Well, how much am I up? The market's down. How much am I down? That is a terrible way to manage your investments. The reason for that being I don't know how often a study like the one I'm about to describe gets updated, but it's been looked at and looked at before. The more often you check your account, the more often you check your account, the more likely you are to screw it up. The reason for that is, is because when you look at it, there is a 50-50 chance it's either going to be up or it's going to be down. So, Who knows what it's going to be like that day, but looking at everything in isolation on the short term makes you get very, very emotional with your money. And you think, it's down. Here's the end. The end is near. Just like they said, just like the article Jason talked about, the sell signals are coming true. And then it turns out you make a change and you jump all to cash or a big percentage of your investments to cash and you're regretting life because things turn around And here we are, up 18%, and you missed out all that growth. I'm not saying you shouldn't ever look at your money. 
check it quarterly, not daily, not weekly, not monthly. If you have something going on, you're like, hey, I need to check and see where this is or that is for a specific reason. But just for the sole fact, if you're a long-term investor, especially for retirement, you're still long-term, you don't need to be looking at it every day. You need to look at, I like annual performance. So let's give me, let me give you a scenario here. So you're 65, you've been retired for a year or two or three or four, whatever. And you have income from Social Security. Maybe you have a pension, maybe you don't. Doesn't really matter. But in addition to your social, you're taking income from your retirement plans, whether that's a Roth IRA or a regular IRA, irrelevant. We're not talking about taxation and that kind of that that kind of thing. So you're taking some money out, and when you set up your retirement distributions, you worked with your person your guy or girl and you said you know here's how much you can take out each month and you're living comfortably and with social security and your ira distributions everything's going good and you have set all this up based on how you were feeling and doing at that time in retirement forecasting out maybe a 15 year time span of retirement so if you're you're 65 when you retired going out to age 80 Maybe it's a 20-year time span. Maybe it's even a 30- or a 40-year time span. But you did things correctly, and you actually said, here's what I have, here's the income I need, and here's how long I think I'm going to need it for because of my family history, my health, and life expectancy, all that. Hoorah. And you have designed an investment strategy to provide you that income for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever, depending on how early you retire and all that other stuff. Why on earth would in the very early stages of retirement, year two, three, four, five, just because you think something's going to happen, you've watched your money go up and down, you're just tired of the stress, that you're going to go in and change your strategy. So that's what looking at your investments too often can do. I'll say it in a more simplistic fashion, so maybe I can articulate it better. If you set up your retirement distribution plan based on your retirement goals when you first retired, you don't willy-nilly change them because you don't like the fluctuations in the market. You wouldn't feel that way if you weren't looking at your investments too much. So don't look. Don't look at all. I say this very tongue-in-cheek, but it's a real example. And as a caveat here, I'm not making a guarantee, but I'm just simply saying. And what if... You were to come to me or I were to say on the air, I can guarantee you, let's say hypothetically, say I can guarantee you an 8% return. And on average, that doesn't mean every year, but on average for the next 20 years, we're gonna, we can average an annualized annual rate of return of 8%. And let's just say hypothetically I was able to guarantee that. But I said, hey, there's a catch. And you're like, oh, sure, there's a catch. There's always a catch. What's the catch, Jason? Well, the catch is you cannot look at your money. Now, you can take income. We can set all that up for you. But you're not allowed to look at your account balance for the first 10 years or the first 15 years or 20 years. And because I say that, if you don't look at your money, you're not going to want to make a change. You're like, hey, it was pretty good chance I'm going to get an 8% annualized return. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to think about it. I got my monthly income coming in. All is good. My financial guy or girl who is an independent fee-only CFP, they'll tell me if I need to make a change. I set this up appropriately on the beginning or in the beginning. So you look up 20 years later. You did not check your investments at all. You got the income you needed. And guess what? You probably did 8% or better. 
That is a tongue-in-cheek way to say, if you just leave it the hell alone and stop monkeying with it and stop worrying about it, you're going to get what you're going to get and what you need because you set it up properly on the front end and you have a trusted advisor helping you guide you through the changes. So when the articles come out, talking about sales signals and predictions, like I said earlier, market predictors will make a fortune teller look like a genius because that just means that they're wrong they do not know if anyone actually knew what was going to happen in the stock market whether it be up or down they're not going to tell us they're not going to sell us a newsletter to tell us because they don't really know they have an agenda well don't you have an agenda jason you have a radio show what's your agenda my agenda is to tell you the flipping truth is that i don't know but i do know i don't well i don't know what will happen over the next month I don't know what will happen over the next year. I don't really know what will happen over the next three or five years. Will it be up? Will it be down? I don't know. But if we set up everything in the beginning, we're going to give ourselves the best chance for the returns that we need based on the income that we need and the amount of investments that we start with. But the longer we wait and the longer we ride this out, the more likely that we're going to get above and beyond our return. So I don't really give a crap what president or what presidential party, or what the financial knuckleheads say on CNBC, or in the financial media, or on the internet, or Facebook, or wherever, they don't freaking know. But what I do know, if you set up everything correctly on the front end, what does that mean? It means you say, I got a half a million bucks, I need $15,000 per year to supplement my social security. And you let that right information right there guide how your money is invested and you don't pay an advisor a crazy fee and you don't have high cost investments and your guy is not trading and you're not in there looking at your account all day, every day, wanting to make a change, asking your advisor, what should we do now? What should we do now? If you just let your strategy do what it, you set up and designed it to do, you will be fine. So... There is me shouting from the top of my soapbox today. Got a good show lined up for today. We'll talk about 10 things you need to make sure you've got under your financial planning belt. We'll talk about some tax changes coming along the way. Could affect you. This is the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. And it is Financial Coaching Radio. Back. Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Taking advantage of your competition today by calling Tothero Hell & Welch CPAs at 848-1072. They can provide you with expert bookkeeping, payroll services, tax planning, and much, much more. Go to thwcpa.com or call them at 848-1072 today. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. I'm Jason Qualls, commission-free certified financial planner. I can't stress enough how important it is for you to get a second opinion on your investments and financial plan. Unfortunately, since most financial advisors care more about selling you financial products than providing objective advice, it can be hard for you to know who has your best interest in mind. Call me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner for a free no-obligation investment review at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. 
18%. Now let's talk about what other areas of the market did well or not particularly well. Well, mid-company U.S. stocks. First, let me say the S&P 500 is large companies. Uh, listen, but what about mid-sized companies? What did they do last year? Looks like up over 13%. What about smaller-sized companies? Let me find it. Small cap, or that's the mid-cap. S&P small cap index. I don't really like that one. I like the Russell 2000, but nonetheless, it's up over 11%. Bonds had a fantastic year. International, eh, you know, not quite as good as U.S., but we're getting there. Point was, last year was a tremendous year in most asset classes. What is an asset class? Well, we've got stocks, and there's U.S., international. Say those are sub-asset classes. There's large companies, small companies, medium-sized companies. On the international side, there's developed nations. There's emerging markets. Uh, on the bond side, you still have U.S., international, and all different variations of those types. But usually it's just bond, stocks, bonds, real estate, natural resources, and cash. Those are the major uh, market areas. Uh, not everyone needs to own natural resources. I'm not really a big fan of it anymore. I used to be. I used to thought it was a great diversifier. I used to think it was a great diversifier. I no longer feel that way. You know, some of my clients still have natural resources for different purposes. Uh, I am a believer of real estate because as far as an, in, you know, obviously owning hard, I'm not talking about going out and buying rental property or, you know, a commercial building. I'm talking about owning real estate index REITs or real estate index funds uh, because it's a great diversifier in terms of inflation. And anyone who is trying to build a house right now understands this because building price or building costs as far as materials have went up tremendously so if lumber was ten dollars and it goes to fifty dollars well that's an inflation on that particular area of a commodity if you want to call it that and it whatever it's going to take lumber and going to take all these other materials to build a piece of real estate that's all going to be reflected in the new construction prices which means it's going to keep up with inflation so we look at historical studies looking at stocks combined with a small percentage of real estate. It's actually lowering risk and increasing return. That doesn't mean that real estate investment funds or investment trust or real estate index funds are ever going to beat uh, the U.S. stock market long term. That's not really the point. We don't own everything just because it's going to be the top producing thing. We own it because we're trying to get the return that we need in order to achieve our financial goals. And we're trying to do so with the least amount of volatility or risk, if you want to call it that. So those are the overview of what market or investment classes did over the last year. What a tremendous, I'm talking about what a ridiculous year. And if I don't think, going back to predictions, I'll give you what I predicted last year. People would ask me, well, March and April's over. Now we got this, the COVID stimulus and all these business loans and all this stuff. And, and what's going to happen now? What's your prediction for the year? And I said, well, I don't know, but if we can come out of this thing, I mean, a, a 2020 return, you know, being flat or slightly negative or slightly positive, you know, up 1%, down 1%, somewhere in that range, I think it will be a tremendous uh, and great year because uh, we know there's going to be down years we can can expect that but having stocks and bonds have the returns that they did last year man it's a blessing so be grateful for the years that are way above average in most market indices and uh, that makes you appreciate when everything is not going so well but anyway, there's some things that we need to get done now that we're into a new year. So here's a little bit of a checklist for you. When you start doing your tax return, 
and you do your calculation and it says you're going to get back this huge refund three thousand four thousand dollars you need to adjust your tax withholding because you're giving the government an interest-free loan a tax refund unless you're getting some type of credit and paying very little taxes in but if you're having taxes withheld and you typically you want to make sure whatever you're having withheld lines up with pretty close to what you're going to or you want to break even basically you don't want to have to pay in you don't want to have to get a huge refund because it makes no financial sense so adjust your tax withholdings appropriately. Maybe now's a good time, now that everything's starting to shake out and shake loose, that you increase your retirement plan contributions. You know, I, I, the, the, the adage of if you don't see the money, I think you're better at saving. I mean, if you just take, someone takes it from you, not even if you're a disciplined or undisciplined investor, if it comes out of your paycheck on the front end, you're less likely to waste that type of money. So do a 1% increase. Do a 3% increase. Maybe try to save 5% more. See where that ends up for the next year. Review investment performance. That's just what we were talking about in the last segment. Well, an annual review to look at. Okay, here's what I did in 2000, 2020. Am I on pace? Am I not on pace? What adjustments need to be made based on the performance for that year? It should be an annual thing. There's, you know, when clients come in, I'm going to give them their performance for the year. But we're looking at it more analytical. We look at it a yearly number. We look at all of 2020 and say, well, we're up 12% or 15% for the year. We're in this diversified account. Uh, we're on track. We're ahead of schedule. We did better than expected. No change. Or, hey, we didn't do quite as well as we had hoped, given how well the market did. Maybe we can make some adjustments to do better in the future. Now's the time to be gathering your tax information. All your tax documents will start to arrive in the mail soon. We'll talk about tax filing date, uh, what that means coming up. Also, another year-end thing on your checklist, you may be able to still cash out your FSA, your flexible spending account. What does that mean? Well, if you have this account set up by your employer, typically, I'm telling people, you, know, you need to go ahead and spend that money prior to year end. But your employer, if you haven't done so, your employer may offer you a grace period. So you may have up to about two months in this year to use up any leftover money from last year. And flexible spending accounts, not a health savings account, a flexible spending account is a use it or lose it type thing. So if you don't spend it, it's going away. I always recommend folks pull their credit report once per year. Now, you can do this. A lot of websites that offer a credit report. Credit Karma is one of them. I like that one. You can also get a free credit report from all three bureaus. I believe the website, this is a government thing. It's just, it's the law, I believe, that you're entitled to a free credit report from all three bureaus every year, once a year. So annualcreditreport.com, I think, is that website. You put in your information and you start, you'll be able to download all of your credit reports. The reason you want to do this every year is because you want to check and make sure there's not any, you know, just miscellaneous fudging crap on there. You want to make sure nothing is on your credit report that shouldn't be there. Because if there's something there that's hurting your credit score, that's a mistake, you want to get that fixed year-end or new year it's time for new year's resolutions how many of you listening right now know that you need to get some estate planning done 
you know that you need to update your will or maybe even get a will. You need to get a power of attorney or you're not even sure what a power of attorney is. Well, I'll tell you, it's one of the most important estate planning documents you can have. It's more important than a will in many cases. Maybe you need a health care directive. Now, all this stuff with people dying prematurely from pandemic or other health issues has to have you thinking that you want your your estate planning ducks in a row. If you have young, if you have people who depend on you financially, step up and be a grown up and get your will done. Get your will updated. Get your powers of attorney. So now's a perfect time to be updating your estate plan and your end of life decisions. A lot of people love to protect their identity online. They use a lot of different services. I'm a big fan of the credit freeze. If you're scared of you know, being hacked and losing information or you know having your money stolen, I think using a credit freeze so no one can take out credit in your name um, is a smart thing. And looking at how your data is protected also would be a smart thing. So there you go, some things you can take care of in this new year to get your financial house in order. The most important thing on the list, I do believe, is the estate planning piece. It's not fun. It's not sexy. It's not like talking about stocks and bonds and mutual funds and making money and all that stuff. It's just not fun. But if you have people who depend on you, the estate plan is not for you. It's for them. I hope that hits home with some of you, especially those with young children or a spouse that depends on you and your financial well-being. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qualls, one of the only independent, commission-free, certified financial planners. Go to jasonqualscfp.com. I'm back at you right after this. is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal trust me on this call my friend marshall sparkman with franklin synergy bank at 615-439-0885 great team great process and the best rates marshall sparkman with franklin synergy bank at 615-439-0885 Are you worried because a spouse or family member needs long-term nursing home care? Estate planning attorney John Baker can help. Protect your assets so you can leave something behind for your family. Call 896-5621. That's 896-5621. Or go to bakercouncil.com. Listen up. When is the last time you talked with an independent, objective, certified financial planner? Do yourself a favor and get a second opinion on your investments and financial plan. Call me, Jason Qualls, the only certified financial planner today at 878-2134 or go to jasonqualscfp.com. Welcome back to The One Show, giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. That's a mouthful. No books to sell, certainly not pushing any financial products or live event tickets. I'll leave the hidden agenda to the other show. On this show, we just want you to make better money moves by getting the right financial advice on all aspects of financial planning. 
No one-size-fits-all baby steps. No one-size-financial plan because your situation is unique and so should be your financial plan. What's the IRS saying about the tax filing season? Let's see here. The Internal Revenue has announced that tax season will open Friday, February 12, 2021. This is, this is Forbes. Yes, on a Friday. I don't know what day it normally opens. Maybe it's a Monday. But certainly tax filing time is later this year. The IRS will begin accepting paper and electronic returns on February 12th. So get your tax documents in, start to file. Uh, maybe we'll get a deadline that gets extended like we did last year. One can only hope. I know for those who get money back, you're not going to want to extend. But for those business owners that are going to have to pay in, we want a big, long deadline for all that stuff, right? We want to make sure we have as much time as possible before we have to send in that money. Maybe we'll get one of those extensions. One huge hot topic right now is what's going to happen with the new president and student loans. Now, I, I just glossed over or glanced over a headline. Now, I don't know what if it's a left agenda or a conservative agenda or if it's a true agenda. I want true agenda. I don't care conservative or liberal. I could care freaking less about that. And let me just beat this drum for a minute because I have this platform to do so. Folks, everything that comes out of the conservative side is not accurate. Everything that comes out of the liberal side is not accurate. The truth, it's like a dang divorce, to be honest with you. There's her story, his story, and the truth is somewhere in the freaking middle. So the truth lies in the middle. So I don't know where, what this source's agenda was, if it was really factual, but the, here's how it read. Someone had done a study and said, basically, if you forgive student loans, it's going to have an upside impact to the economy. Why would that be? Well, I guess, no, depending on the person that you're forgiving it. Now, as long as the person is financially responsible, maybe the only thing holding them back from being able to buy a car uh, at a decent interest rate or buy a new home or buy a home at all is their student loans. So you could kind of do the rough math there and say, well, if I, we wiped out this person's $20,000 student loan debt and they went out and bought a $200,000 house. That could really drive the economy in so many different ways, and jobs could be created. And same thing with auto, and same thing with spending. If they didn't have that student loan payment, maybe they're going to go spend that in the economy. I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do, you know, but just from a math perspective. So that could be coming down the way. Biden has certainly a plan for this. He's going to get it inaugurated soon. On the first day of his presidency, January 20th, Biden is expected to sign an executive order to grant student loan relief. That basically means you're not going to have to make student loan payments for a little while longer. Uh, just refreshing you up on that little tidbit. Uh, I don't know when it began. I guess it began in the pandemic, March, April, somewhere around there. One of the bills that got passed, if you had a student loan payment, you no longer, well, your student loan payments, excuse me, got deferred or delayed or you know, whatever you want to say. So you didn't have to make any more payments in 2020 if you didn't want to. I think that was extended to January, maybe. According to news sources and many news sources, he's going to extend it. So I think he's going to look long and hard about how to forgive these student loans. I don't know if he's not going to be, if he's going to be able to do this. Biden is not expected to cancel student loans on the first day of presidency. I can tell you that. Uh, he's going to need congressional support, I think, to take care of this. But 
this is what I've said all along with student loans and all of the, the crazy repayment plans that are out there the day, these days. You just don't know. Now, for many, many years, the last few years, there's been you know, this income-based re repayment plan where you weren't really paying the true student loan payment. You're paying a payoff based on your income. Now, I don't know how long that was going to stay in effect. What if it was changed by uh, the government? Would that really be the case? Would they really be forgiven? Now, it may not even be relevant about the income-based repayment plan or any other repayment plan option because some, if not all, student loans could be forgiven i'll keep you updated on that but certainly know that you may not have to make any student loan payments for 2021 either all because he biden may extend that he's expected to do so on his very first day of office don't forget february what is the date once again february 12th tax filing day get prepared hire a tax expert make sure you get a second opinion on your taxes just like you do your financial plan your financial life not all advisors are created equal. If you listen to this show more than one time, you can realize that they are not. Most financial people are salespeople. Not everyone has your best interest at heart. You need to find someone who does. And that's what I'm all about, spreading that good news on this show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, CFP. Back with you right after this. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THNW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THNW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Would you trust your doctor or surgeon if they had never been to medical school? Of course not. So why trust your financial future to a financial advisor with little training or education? Anyone can call themselves a financial planner or a financial advisor. But a certified financial planner has been extensively trained. My name is Jason Qualls, and I am one of just a few certified financial planners in this area. So ask your current advisor about their education and training. Then call me, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner at 878-2134 or go to jasonquallscfp.com. I am back and you are back. You can listen to the show anytime. In addition to Friday, 4 o'clock right here on WGNS. Catch it live, catch it new, catch it updated. But also online, go to the archive section at financialcoachingradio.com. This is a show we try to make sure it's a little bit different than most. It's because I listen to or used to listen to financial talk radio and I got tired of the same old, same old, you know, there's tax planning, estate planning, there's sound, simple investing strategies that work, whether you got a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred million dollars. And I don't want you to be misled. That's really the part of this show that we love the most is we don't really have an agenda except for to educate you. We're not trying to sell you a financial product. Uh, kind of in the, the hidden shadows. We're not trying to sell a book or you come pay to see us speak. We're just trying to talk about topics that help you listen to the show anytime, anywhere at Financial 
coachingradio.com. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, if I haven't said that already. If you're looking to get like, who is this guy? Now, what's he all about? How did he get started? Why is this philosophy so different than most other financial advisors? You can learn more at jasonquallscfp.com. jasonquallscfp.com. Appreciate you listening today and every day. Without you, we wouldn't be here. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS. There is more local talk on the way. I'll be back at you tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. See you then.